Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. That's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Anthony DeComo, Mets beat writer for MLB.com, is joining us here on the show. Anthony, always appreciate the time. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, doing well on what is Arbitration Day, otherwise known as there's a bunch of numbers throwing ar- being thrown around and a whole lot of excitement for all. Anthony, the Mets made the big move of the offseason in baseball, making the big trade for Francisco Lindor. What, what's been the reaction in New York to that deal? Are they as excited as I would expect? Oh, yeah, they're they're excited not just for the player, but for what it represents, and that is, uh, that this is a new ownership regime. It's a new front office. It's a new era. And this is not a deal that the Mets could have frankly pulled off under old ownership. And so, yes, uh, Mets fans are very excited about getting obviously a fantastic young player, one of, you know, maybe the best five or 10 players in baseball, but they're even more excited about uh, the fact that this means that, uh, you know, much as everyone suspected, uh, the Mets are going to be major big market players going forward and by extension of that you know should be a competitive team year in year out for the foreseeable future so so what does that mean anthony moving forward in this particular market like are are, should we expect them to be big players in the george springer market are there other i know there was the brad hand uh, news reports whatever you want to call it that they're interested in him earlier today what's next for the mets this offseason well look this is a team that suddenly has much deeper pockets than it used to. So there's really not a player out there as long as the, as long as the need fits their need uh, that they won't be talking to, that they won't be in on that. They can't realistically go after Uh, that being said, you know, at his introductory press conference, uh, you know, Steve Cohen said, we're not going to spend like drunken sailors. We have money, but we're going to be smart about it. And, you know, for the Mets this offseason, that means probably they're going to try and stay under that $210 million luxury tax. Not that they can't go over it if they think it's worthwhile, but it would take a lot for them to consider that worthwhile. They need to keep an eye on 2022, 2023. Uh, You know, they have a lot of financial commitments in those years already, and they don't want to get into a situation where they have no flexibility going forward. So uh, are, are they in on George Springer? Yeah, they're talking to him. Uh, is that something like that realistic after getting Lindor? Maybe if his price drops, more likely probably not. Uh, but there are still things the Mets want to accomplish this winter. I think Brad Hand is a prime example of that. No deal done right now, but that's a guy you could get at, at a more uh, at a lighter contract than a, than a Springer or a Trevor Bauer who could still do big things to improve your team. 
Anthony, I know you're the beat writer for for the New York Mets, but in whole, what does that Mets move for Francisco Lindor do to the rest of the National League? Because, of course, there's a couple of teams that are powerhouses, and then it seems you got a lot of teams that are kind of in the middle. Do you feel like that's going to kind of jumpstart the other teams into trying to compete a little bit more? I, I don't, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, those teams that have put their best foot forward this offseason – and said, we're going to compete, we're going to try to get better this winter, have largely already done so. You've seen the Padres do it to a, to a big extent. Uh, you've seen the Braves do it to a smaller extent. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers are always active. They didn't need to really get better. Um, but those four teams, you know, those three and then the Mets, I would say are a clear cut above everyone else in the National League because who else in the National League has really done a ton to improve? Uh, really no one. So, you know, there are going to be obviously other competitive teams, but I think it is very much right now. You look on paper, a clear case of four teams that are a cut above everyone else, and that is, again, the the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, and the Braves. We're talking to Anthony DeComo, Mets beat writer for MLB.com. He's joining us here on BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Anthony, when you look at the Mets in comparison with, I I think the top two teams still in the National League are the Dodgers and the Padres. When you compare those two to the Mets, how far behind are the Mets right now? Uh, You know, I I think it's fair to say they're maybe a little bit behind. I I have some questions about the Mets roster, but really, you know, it's funny because uh, as someone who's covered this team for a long time now, I go into most seasons with uh, legitimate questions about various areas of the Mets roster. And now those have become quibbles. You know, you wonder about maybe the back end of the rotation, what happens if somebody goes down, suffers a serious injury. You wonder a little bit about the bullpen, about the bench. Uh, are the Mets, are the Mets too left-handed offensively? Are they too right-handed in the bullpen? Something a, a Brad hand could fix, um, you know, but you look at the roster as a whole and it's really, really good. And they've got star power up top. They've got depth the lineup this is a very good lineup last year and it has gotten better with Lindor in there at shortstop so um you know are they at the level of a Dodgers no probably not and I say that more because the Dodgers have done it they've proven it on the field they, they haven't they've done more than just proven it on paper uh could the Mets challenge teams like the Dodgers and the Padres for supremacy in the National League could they challenge the Braves who have won the NL East for two years running now and have looked like a really good young team for a while uh yeah i think they're good enough to do that so uh, they have put themselves in position where a year from now we could be talking as, uh, about the mets the way we talk about the the dodgers um and that's you know a really important thing for the franchise given how much they have struggled to put consistent winners on the field over the past decade Anthony, here in St. Louis, everyone's looking at that shortstop free agent market next offseason as an opportunity for the Cardinals to upgrade. I'm curious, did you view this from the Mets' perspective as not wanting to get into that battle of free agent money with those guys? So that was kind of the push to get that trade for Francisco Lindor or just trying to stay away from that free agent market? Yeah, I mean, I think it gives them a leg up because, you know, the Mets are now negotiating with Francisco Lindor on a long-term contract. And if they're able to do that, they can avoid that market. Uh, But some of the leverage that they have in negotiating with Francisco Lindor is the fact that, you know, Corey Seager and everyone else is going to be available next winter. And and once you go down that road, you know, you, you do have more options. So it's not as if the Mets are in this position where they have to sign Francisco Lindor long-term or else or else they're, they're stuck at shortstop for years to come. No, if they can't get a deal done, 
they can go into that market and compete against teams like the Cardinals and and um, you know try and try and stay competitive that way. Um, it, it is a robust shortstop market. It is, it is a robust shortstop class around the league right now. You, you see various positions ebb and flow in terms of how good they are around baseball. Obviously, shortstop, you know, at the turn of the century was so good with Derek Jeter and A-Rod and Nomar Garcia-Pari. And we're seeing that right now with some of these really incredible shortstops and even more on the way in terms of some of the top prospects in the game who are shortstops. So, it, you know, it, it's a position that you almost need to be strong at because so many teams are. And, yeah, when you get into a situation like next winter, if you're a team that needs one, um, you've got some options there. They're not going to be cheap, but you've got some options there going forward, guys who could still be good for, for years to come. Speaking of not being cheap, Francisco Lindor will certainly not be cheap. Anthony, are there any reports, rumors, speculation as to what this contract could potentially look like with the Mets? Well, you just look at guys that have signed recently. Manny Machado is a is a prime example. Um, Mookie Betts, not a shortstop, but he is also a same age as Francisco Lindor um, when he signed, got traded, immediately signed a long-term deal without playing a game. So those are kind of the comps, and those are $300 million guys. Um, you know, Francisco Lindor, to sign long-term, is probably going to require $300 million. The, the Mets know it. All of baseball knows it. It would be more than twice the biggest contract the Mets have ever given out. And that was David Wright, who was really a franchise cornerstone. Um, he got $138 million 10 years ago. So uh, it's going to take a significant financial outlay. It's going to take a level of trust from both sides because you're talking about, uh, you know, a, a, guy, a player and a team that don't know each other. You know, he's never played a game. And if he's going to sign this deal, he's probably going to have to do it without ever playing a game for the Mets or else he will reach free agency next winter. So, uh, I think because of what it means to the franchise, because of what this trade meant to the franchise, uh, because of what it could signify in terms of their willingness and ability to build a consistent winner going forward, I, I do think there's a lot of incentive on the Mets side to get things done. But it does take two to tango. We don't know for sure you know, how willing Lindor is going to be to say, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to test free agency. I'm happy here in New York. Um, but we'll find out. And I do think, you know, if you ask me today, will the deal get done? I would say yes. Before the start of the season, I, I believe a deal with Francisco Lindor and the Mets will get done. Last question that I've got for you, Anthony. I always love asking our guests who are more national uh, viewed or at least away from here in St. Louis what their thoughts are on this Cardinals team. So for you, as you kind of take the 10,000-foot view from afar, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals right now? Well, I mean, I think, look, I think it's clear that the days of the Cardinals just running roughshod over the National League Central uh, are over with. Um, you know, there have been new teams that have kind of risen to the top there, but there are also very, you know, interesting pieces in place on the Cardinals team. You know, Jack Flaherty, I consider one of one of the best pitchers in, in all of baseball. Obviously, Paul Goldschmidt is a, is a top 10 MVP candidate year in, year out. Um, you know, some of the other pieces are getting older. And some of the other pieces, you know, will they be back? Yadier Molina, Yadam Wainwright, these are big stories this baseball offseason. So uh, when I see the Cardinals, I look at a team in transition. I look at a team that used to be the class of the NL Central, and I don't think you can say that anymore. But there are enough interesting young pieces in place that you don't have to go down that full-scale rebuild mode like we've seen so many other teams do in Major League Baseball. You can be competitive, especially in a division, um, you know, that hasn't always been – as strong as the NL East or the NL West in recent years. So um, 
there are things to like, there are things to not like. I know that's kind of a political cop-out answer, <laughs> but I think it's the truth when, when you talk about the Cardinals as they stand right now. He's Anthony DeComo. Check out his work on MLB.com. He's the Mets beat writer. You can also follow him on Twitter at his name, Anthony DeComo. You can check him out on MLB Network from time to time as well. Anthony, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. I know it's going to be a busy beat this year for the Mets. All the best to you and the family. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.